Welcome to the LGBTQIA Plus Fantastica Graphics Digital Symposium podcast series. We hope you enjoy the series. If you have any comments or questions, drop us a line on our Discord server and join us for the roundtable discussion of the series on November 20th, 2021 via Zoom. For details, go to fantasticajournal.com and select the upcoming events heading. That's Fantastica with a K. Details are in the podcast info. The discussions are free and open to all, but registration is required for each Zoom panel. There are five panels in total. This podcast is part of panel three, interrogating space and place. The Zoom discussion will take place on November the 20th at 3pm GMT time. This podcast is presented by Veronica Mondragon Paredes, who is a senior studying international relations. She studied English at Yale University during the summer of 2019 under a Banco Santander grant and worked on young adult literature as a Mittax Global Link research intern at the University of Alberta in the summer of 2021. Her podcast today is entitled Are You Woman Enough to Survive? Transgender Segregation in Bitch Planet. Are you woman enough to survive? Transgender Segregation in Bitch Planet. A satire of exploitation comics and films, Beach Planet presents a dystopian future where women are exiled and imprisoned for being quote-unquote non-compliant. Deemed as such by a patriarchal protectorate that has taken over most of the world. Transgender women were introduced in issue number 8 and further developed in issue number 9 when the Auxiliary Compliance Outpost, the official name of the prison, is revealed to have more than one facility with different types of populations. The American comic book series by Kelly Sue DeConnick and Valentin Delandro has been celebrated for its depiction of intersectionality, its subversion of the comic book form, and even for its use of trigger warnings. However, the current state of the literature derived from this work has yet to address the portrayal of transgender characters in the comics. This paper is said to address this literature gap in the assessment of Beach Planet's speculative fiction, relying on a socio-legal analysis that focuses on the prison industrial complexes the PAC, function as enforcer of a rigid sexual dichotomy. By integrating transgender prisoner perspectives with the legal basis for sexual segregation, a fuller understanding of the comic's choice to create a trans-only prison facility will be provided. This paper will argue that, within the context of the comic's dystopia, segregation exacerbates the quote-unquote otherness of transgender women. Their crime is, quote, gender falsification, unquote, by presenting as female, yet they are still deemed non-compliant, a female-only crime. This paradoxical scenario is solved in Beach Planet with a secondary facility, which contrasts with the PIC's struggle to accommodate trans prisoners. The result is an intersectional premise that challenges the normative conceptions of gender, sex, and incarceration that can be extrapolated to other aspects of human life. Despite its seemingly exclusionary tagline, quote, are you woman enough to survive, unquote, the comics have not shied away from subverting the conventions of mainstream feminism, choosing to portray the intersections of race, sexuality, class, and ability with those of gender and imprisonment. The inclusion of transgender women in the feminism espoused by the comics was even anticipated all the way back in issue number two, when the back cover of the comic featured a misconnections ad that read, quote, Lila, we didn't have to know you to love you. Find peace, our sister, unquote. As pointed out by Maria Norris, this message is in honor of Lila Alcorn, a transgender girl who committed suicide in 2014. It wasn't until issue number 8 that this solidarity with the transgender community was made evident within the comics, but the message was clear enough. Transgender women are women. 
In the Connex letter following issue number 8, which she writes with every issue, the author talks about their decision to bring three consultants, namely Arya Eren, Emma Hupua, and May Valdivia Root, to aid in the introduction of trans characters to the comics. Their contribution to the eventual representation of said characters cannot be measured, but we do have one example given to us in this letter. One of the author's misconceptions was that, quote, it will be disrespectful to portray any of our trans women in ways that wouldn't pass, unquote. But with the help of one of the consultants, this opinion changed, and the result was one specific character named Rose. Considering the comics had direct input from members of the transgender community, it might shed light on the community's needs and desires regarding their representation in media. The obstacles faced by transgender people to have their gender identity recognized by judicial systems around the world defines most of their experiences when imprisoned. Legal structures and the prison industrial complex have relied on a rigid sexual dichotomy. Birth, sex, and genitalia-based placement policies are the most common types of segregation in imprisoned populations. Transgender people, who exist in a spectrum regarding gender-affirming procedures, are not recognized by the systems. Scholars have pointed out the double imprisonment of transgender prisoners, first by the judicial system that fails to give, quote, due legal recognition of transgender people's rights to dignity and self-identity, and second by the cruel and unusual mistreatment, unquote, of them in prison. This otherness is literalized in the comics by dividing the prisoner population in at least two groups, cis women and trans women. The liminality of transgender people in the patriarchal legal imagination is best represented in the paradox that ultimately results in the creation of different facilities for each imprisoned population. The non-compliant offenses in the case of cis women include murder and assault, but also seduction and disappointment, patrilineal disorder, and even trisomy 21 which refers to Down syndrome. Transgender women's crimes are strikingly different, gender falsification and deceit. Their crime is to present as female, yet their offense still results in them being deemed non-compliant, a female-only crime. However, this paradoxical situation is resolved by constructing a separate facility within the same prison for trans women. This scenario differs from most current prison systems, since most require gender-affirming surgery to assign a prisoner to a facility that matches their gender identity. In Beach Planet, there is a recognition of trans women's gender identity, regardless of the gender-affirming procedures they have chosen or not chosen to undergo. Although the Protectorate builds a separate facility for trans women, the regime has to recognize their female gender identity in order to justify sending them to the off-planet prison. This recognition is not unconditional, since segregation based on transgenderism proves their otherness in the face of cis women. This difference is best represented by the fact that trans women are allocated in facility 1 of the prison, which is revealed by the narrator captions to have been the first ward of Beach Planet. Quote, we were the first to be sent away. We are always the first. Unquote. This narration demonstrates that, within a patriarchal regime, trans women are especially vulnerable to policing and imprisonment. Considering the elements of the prison facility designated for transgender women on Beach Planet, outside of the context of the comics, allows us to see how a more humane treatment to transgender prisoners might look like. The first example of this is the disavowal of hypersexualized and fetishized stereotypes that, as Iconic highlights, have pervaded transgender representation in media. As all the other naked bodies in the comics, transgender women's bodies are presented in a non-sexualized manner, quote-unquote, in repose. A perhaps more invasive observation reveals that most of the prisoners in the trans-only facility have undergone certain gender-affirming procedures, but there is not one single prototype of a transgender person's body being portrayed. Most important, however, is the first ever seen in Facility 1, in which the prisoners are getting their health checkups. 
One of the main risks faced by transgender prisoners, aside from increased violence, is their limited access to medical care and treatment. Although the scene focuses on the transphobic comments made by the doctors, these doctors represent the oppressive protectorate, while the comic's subversive portrayal of trans-specific medical care shines through. Another example of trans-responsive measures in Beach Planet that contrasts with the prison-industrial complex's current treatment of transgender prisoners is the lack of protective custody and isolation. Transgender segregation in the PIC, at times also considered safety measures, currently looks like solitary confinement, which precludes transgender prisoners from socializing or creating a support system, basically nullifies any kind of privacy, and even increases the danger of being harassed or attacked by guards. As stated by Christine Peake, This segregation, quote, reinforces the view that transgender prisoners should face special consequences or restrictions because of their gender nonconformity, unquote. The comics go against this dynamic, disavowing current practices by creating a trans-only facility. This allows transgender prisoners to socialize with each other, start friendships, and even relationships. Rose, the aforementioned trans character, is portrayed as being in a relationship with Moenda Morowa Kogo, another trans woman. Despite not being relieved from the abuse from the guards, Morawa is beaten by a guard for talking back to the doctors, this allows for moments of solidarity between the women that would not take place had they been in solitary confinement. The socio-legal literature is ambivalent regarding trans-only facilities or wards within existing prisons. Aside from socializing and community-building advantages, such separation could reduce the risk of sexual assault. On the other hand, Big points out how prison authorities tend to conflate transgender and homosexual people together, and the fact that prison resources are often scarce, which could make transgender facilities both expensive and difficult to maintain as, quote, transgender only, unquote. For this reason, Lee Jonas suggests making segregation voluntary for transgender prisoners and involuntary for, quote, those who attack or abuse transgender prisoners, unquote which would result in sending the message that, quote, transgender prisoners are no different than any other prisoner, unquote. This is relevant to point out, since transgender prisoners are at risk of violence and discrimination from both types of cisgender populations. This contrasts with what Ali Howell recorded in her interactions with female-to-male transgender prisoners in a New York prison for women. They wanted to be installed in a men's prison, but in a special unit for safety. Although Beach Planet didn't directly address the role of trans men in the comics universe, keeping the door open by revealing the edge of a third facility in issue number 9, this reveals a real-life need of transgender prisoners. Though they want to be housed in a facility that matches their gender identity, they are cognizant of the fact that this may make them vulnerable to other types of discrimination or violence. For this reason, segregation might seem like both the desired and least harmful approach to transgender incarceration. However, one main argument against the creation of trans-only facilities is their irrevocable effect of expanding the prison industrial complex that, rather than correcting prisoners, fosters an environment of violence. In this case, Beach Planet's aversion might be trumped by the fact that their challenge to the PIC's treatment of transgender prisoners continues to operate within it. Morgan Basici's Alex Lee and Dean Spade's essay Building an Abolitionist Trans and Queer Movement with Everything We've Got illustrates this point perfectly. Quote, We know that if they build it, they will fill it. And getting trans people out of prison is the only real way to address the safety issues that trans prisoners face. Unquote. In other words, what is needed is no new prisons that treat transgender prisoners better, but a path toward prison abolition. 
One final argument against the expansion of the PIC by way of trans-only facilities is the invalidation of transgender people's gender identity. Segregation of transgender prisoners assumes an inherent difference between trans and cis people, enforcing a strict and rigid binary that extends beyond the prison-industrial complex. This is discussed in Beach Planet issue number 9 in a very explicit way, when the prison is sabotaged by a male protectorate employee who lifts the divisions between facilities 1 and 2 and frees all the prisoners. The other employees panic over an imminent, quote, facility integrity breach, unquote, with the mix of the two populations. Quote, he's freaking out because up to now everything you done was reversible. One and two together, no going back after that, unquote. Their fears are confirmed when a small group of transgender women, including Rose and Morowa, arrive at facility 2, and these prisoners react with transphobic insults and start attacking them in the middle of the uprising. This scene demonstrates how the protectorate has encouraged transphobia, a fear of otherness, to divide women. Quote, why are they attacking each other? Unquote, asks the saboteur when an employee answers. Quote, they're scared, trapped, under constant threat. That's what we taught them to do, man. Fight for their lives. Unquote. The division of cis and trans women in different facilities exacerbated the latter's otherness, which just as in real life resulted in violence. Nonetheless, Beach Planet immediately challenges this notion when Morowa is revealed to be Kamau's sister, the protagonist of the comics. When she's asked, quote, that one's your sister, unquote, she answers, quote, she's my blood, they're all my sisters, unquote. This statement earns the group the protection needed to seize the attack. Later, in issue number 10, the uprising consummates the takeover of the prison with both trans women and cis women participating. In fact, the last panel in this issue that features the off-planet prison is a full-page rendition of Kamau and Morowa walking into the control center, ready to take over. With this representation of both a trans and a cis woman breaking free from the oppressive agents of the protectorate, a message regarding abolition is sent. Quote, You're not supposed to be here. You don't belong here. Unquote, said Morawa to her sister when they found each other on Beach Planet. Quote, Neither do you, Mo. Neither does anyone. Unquote answered Kamau. As all speculative fiction, Beach Planet intends to encourage readers to destabilize their conceptions about the different oppressive systems that interconnect within our society. Despite being sent away for being non-compliant, the women in the prison, all kinds of women, continue to rebel against and subvert the patriarchal regime that imprisoned them. The trans-only facility that solved that paradoxical scenario is not without its problems, but an important lesson can be derived from the comics. Ignoring the needs of transgender prisoners doesn't have to mean othering them, because overlooking difference might mean exposing them to other vulnerabilities. Save from prison abolition, segregation on the basis of gender identity, trans-specific medical care, only voluntary protective custody, and other community-building opportunities constitute avenues for a more humane treatment of transgender people in prison. Finally, this lesson can be extrapolated to other aspects of human life, such as the recognition of transgender people's identity in other judicial proceedings, legal protection from discrimination, and access to trans-specific treatment. Beach Planet operates within a patriarchal dystopia, but the underlying answers it provides can aid in the development of trans-inclusive judicial systems and environments. Recognizing difference, in these cases, is meant to open up access to resources, not restrict them. With this in mind, the answer to the unsaid question, quote, are transgender women woman enough to survive? Unquote. Is yes, they are, but they shouldn't have to. 
We hope you enjoyed this discussion of Bitch Planet. This podcast series continues with Corey D. Clawson, who will be discussing the graphic representations of merfolks in response to Eve Kofsky Sedgwick's epistemology of the closet. If you enjoyed the series or have questions, join the conversation with us on Discord and on November 20th, 2021 for our Zoom webinars. For details, go to fantasticajournal.com and select the upcoming events heading. The discussions are free and open to all, but registration is required for each of the five Zoom panels. We look forward to seeing you there.